Southern Skies. Online Media. This episode of Plane Crazy Down Under is proudly brought to you by Runway by Oz Runways, the Android EFB you've been looking for from the makers of Australia's most popular electronic flight bag. For your free 30-day trial, search RWI in the Google Play Store or visit ozrunways.com. Well, g'day folks and welcome back to Plane Crazy Down Under, episode number 129 of Australia's Aviation Show, coming to you from the brand new gee whiz u butte PCDU World Headquarters, well actually just down the road from the old one, I'm Steve Fisher, and joining me from his, well really is it a World Headquarters, I'm not too sure, you can tell me, Grant McCarran, how are you? Yeah, not too bad mate, not too bad, and um, yeah, I was, I was just referring it to, to it the other day as the, um, you know, the Plane Crazy Down Under Studio East, but not as east as you. Yes, well, we're, we're southeast, but um, a little bit more southeast. And you know, you know, it's funny, Grant. When we started podcasting, this suburb I'm in now didn't exist. That's it was, it was really just scary. A, it was just a bunch of dairy farms. Yes, well, where I am is um, it's in the it's known as Blackburn, the area I'm in, and uh, yeah, it's out the eastern freeway. Uh, it's not one of the inner eastern suburbs. It's not one of the outer eastern suburbs. So it must be one of the middle eastern suburbs. We just don't have sand. Oh, I wouldn't mind working in the Middle East. Have you seen the pay rates out there in the Middle East? Fantastic. Yeah, there's a reason for that, mate. I know people who do go and work in the Middle East, and yeah, there's reasons for those pay rates. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, i got to tell you, mate, uh, this studio is, uh, you know, at the end of the last podcast, we um, we did talk about uh, packing up the old one, and, and mm. that actually, for a tiny little room, that took a lot of work, I might tell you. There was so <laughs> many cables and, well, and lots, lots more cables, actually, and uh, trying to unpack them, and in the end, I thought, well, you you know, how am I going to get that place disassembled and keep it in some water so I know how to put it back together? That's probably why it's taken us about four or five months to get this podcast out. Grant, it took forever. Yeah, that was a contributing factor, not just our slackness and distraction with day jobs. But uh, yeah, I've, I've watched you assembling it. I've been out there, out to your place and seen seen all the bits and the intentions and it's been great to see it all come together. Yeah, it is very nice in here. And in, in uh, addition to podcasts, we're actually going to be doing some news reading out of here in the next uh, couple mm. of months. So I might talk about that a little bit later, but enough about me, Grant. Let's talk about flying. You know, Grant, you've been doing a little bit of flying. In fact, we're just coming up towards... Uh, Avalon as we record this the Australian International Air Show for 2017 starts in just a few days and uh, you know Grant that reminds me uh, every time I think about Avalon I think about that time that I flew in the Hercules and I flew hey, hey, wait, wait. roll back roll back for one the Hercules was not part of Avalon but you did do the media flight in Hercules but there was that time I you know I went up and flew in the in the you know the KC30 I mean that was fantastic yeah I mean, yeah yeah I mean, I'll I'll give you so that, that was out of Avalon but um, <clears throat> Trump yeah Really? Yeah. Come on. I've, I got to fly in the uh, C-27J Spartan. What? The baby hurt. Yeah. I scored, I scored my first ever official RAF media ride. Oh, that's fantastic. That's In fact, that's not fantastic. I, listen here, pal. I'm the one that does the RAF media rides around here. No, 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 no. Hey, don't forget, I've already had four RAF King Air rides uh, back up at Pitch Black 2014. Well, but they go. weren't really media rides. It was just a group of us from the media who were using them to zap back and forth between Darwin and Tyndall. But that was fun. And uh, so I think four King Airs and one C-27J, I think we're getting pretty close to equal now, mate. <sighs> that's it. I'm packing up my bag and going home then. Oh, hang on. I, I am at home. 
Yeah, right, you are. Well, you're hey, lucky hey, then. Hey, how, about, how about we all just pack our bags and go to Avalon and see if there's another ride for you? Yeah, absolutely. That sounds really good. All right. Well, tell me, tell us all about it, Grant. The C27J, the Spartan, um, the Baby Herc. Yeah, um, called the Baby Herc because it shares avionics and power plant with the C130J. It also has a, um, like the, f- the cargo floor is uh, strengthened so that it can take a C130J pallet in there. So you can just. Uh, basically bring stuff in with a C-130J to a forward air, air base, break it all down. You don't have to repack everything. You just take the pallet and go, oh, this one's going there, that one's going there. And then um, a couple of C-27s can just take the load and uh, and head off out to the various forward air, like way forward air spots. And they're, they're battlefield tactical lifters. So they're designed to get into uh, smaller and less well-prepared strips than even a Hercules can get into. So for the RAF, uh, we're using them as a, as a, like I said, a tactical lifter. So they're they're sort of replacing the um, the caribou. I mean, nothing can really replace the caribou, but they're they're doing the job of the getting getting smaller loads out to the front lines as quick as possible. Now I tell you what, mate. Every year when they were trying to when they were trying to flog these things to the RAF, and all those years their their fancy <laughs> demo pilots would come out and barrel roll it. Now now I know you would just love to have been in one when they did that. I'm I'm assuming our, our wonderful RAF flight crew didn't uh, didn't oblige. No 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 no. They don't have the procedures and lockdowns and insurance and everything for that. It was the, <laughs> the mad Italian demo team who did that. But um, no, we we stooged around. Uh, we took off out of Avalon, um, flew out over Phillip Island, got there quite quickly. It's it's got got reasonable pace. Um, in fact, the crew said that they did uh, Richmond up in north of Sydney at Windsor. Uh, flew from there down to uh, Avalon in just under two hours, which isn't too bad because um, at jet speeds, that's. Uh, probably about one and a quarter hours, one hour, 20 minutes, depending on your on the air traffic control you know, vector for controller amusement and things like that. But, uh, yeah, they uh, we went out over Phillip Island, then we stooged around down that area, um, the Gipps, Gippsland area, then came back coastal up past Moorabbin, up over St Kilda, um, and went out over the Docklands. Uh, the ramp was down by this time, and we had uh, a couple of folks permanently on the ramp shooting video and stills. And the rest of us put these silly white helmets on and we're allowed to stand up and walk around inside and uh, go to the back. And they'd rigged up a, a bit of a netting to stop any of us rolling out the back accidentally. And so well, that's we always take handy. Turns that. Yeah, I thought that was quite nice. And, <laughs> and um, I actually do have a cameo, um, Channel 7, apparently. A few friends have sent me the link going, oh, there's you. And sure enough, at one point, one of the video guys turned around and shot back into the aircraft, and it was right when I was up near the barrier shooting some video. You know, that, that actually, you know, funny enough, Grant, you know, I, um, how, how did our mainstream media colleagues do up there? Because I do remember when I was on that Herc ride that uh, they were, uh, a lovely uh, Channel 10 reporter <laughs> was looking down her nose at, at uh, me and a few other new media people, and, and uh, I remember her um, throwing her guts up, actually, as soon as they served <laughs> lunch. So I took quite some solace in that. No, we, we didn't have lunch on board. Um, it wasn't that long a flight, but after doing an orbit around the city with the ramp down, uh getting lots of good footage. I, I stuck my video camera out one of the window uh, against one of the windows and got B-roll looking sideways as we went around the city. It was great. But uh, yeah, we uh, we then sealed everything up and went low level tactical. 
um, and blatted around the area near Avalon. And in fact, uh, we decided to go back and do a high-speed pass over the airport before going out and doing some more low-level tactical stuff. So we pretty much cranked over uh, about 250 feet off the deck as we went straight across the strip and across all the exhibition buildings and all that that were still being set up. And yeah, the boys had a bit of fun up on the flight deck with that one. And I believe it was just at about that point that we had one of the, in fact, I think it was the Channel 7 reporter was trying to do his piece. I spoke to him afterwards and he said that, uh, yeah, he um, he was, because st- he was sitting uh, on part of the flight deck just in the doorway and uh, the, the cameraman was shooting and uh, one of the loadies was holding onto the cameraman to keep him stable. <laughs> and he said, yeah, just at that point, he was partway through talking and he had to stop and uh, swallow so he didn't throw up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so well, he cranked it around. But, uh, happens yeah, to after, the best of us, I guess. That, <laughs> well, with the doors closed, it got a bit uh, – there was less airflow, of course, and um, it, it got a bit quiet, shall we say. Uh, once everyone was sitting down, uh, everything got a bit quiet. And I think there were a few folks who were kind of relieved when we finally landed. And the landing was awesome. As soon as we touched down, they threw everything into beta, put the brakes on it, and everyone was thrown forwards. We were all warned to be ready for it. But even so, it was quite a dramatic slowdown. Uh, Very, very cool. And pretty much made the first taxi, uh, not the first taxiway, um, the second taxiway. They, They did the standard touchdown zone and pulled up, didn't have to turn around and backtrack or anything. Then they taxied into uh, the bottom southern part of the of uh, the loop, where quite often they have the Gulf Streams and all that, um, and send out a lot of the, the smaller aircraft. And so we were just parked there temporarily, and uh, yeah, came back to our parking spot, spun around and put it into beta and backed up. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Yeah, so no one threw up, but uh, there were a few people who I think who were quite relieved when everything shut down and the ramp was open and they could get off. But I was ravenous. I got off that plane and they, they had a lunch for us over at one of the chalets and I was absolutely ravenous. A meteorite and free lunch. I'm not sure I can ever speak to you again. Oh, sorry. Did I not? Yeah, no, there was a, quite a nice um, series of sandwiches and, and buns and everything. And uh, yeah, we'd had the official opening earlier. So yeah, it was the f- official media kickoff. So I got to call, catch up with a few folks there and it was, it was actually quite awesome. We were heading out to the aircraft and there's Paul Bennett having a chat because he had just done a quick demo with, with his aircraft. And uh, so, yeah, I, I stop and have a quick chat and say hi. And then I realise he's uh, he's talking to Bob and Laurie Carlton. So a couple of hugs and quick hellos there. And then I got dragged off by one of the raffies going, come on, come on, we've got to go. And I'm racing along to catch up. And next thing I know, I'm going past all the um, Tamora guys who'd also been there. And so, yeah, catching up with everyone as I'm trying to, you know, shaking hands, saying hi and all this kind of stuff as I'm also trying to keep up with the rest of the posse. It was kind of funny. Oh, yeah. So a situation normal any time we drag you to an airport, McCarran? Yeah, saying hi to everyone. Absolutely, but, uh, absolutely. Well, we're going to be talking a bit more about the uh, the Australian International Air Show, Avalon 2017, at the end of the show. But in the meantime, Grant, uh, we've been doing a few things. I've been, uh, as, as the episode title, uh, Back to School might indicate, uh, well, we've both been to school. I've actually been back to my old high school again and talked to uh, Chris Barry down there about some of the things he's been doing with his uh, aviation studies program there for high school students. Uh, you know, we've been there and talked to him before, but Chris has uh, really, really pushed on with that and done some great things, as you'll hear. And Grant, and uh, speaking of going back to school, you've been at TVSA over there at Bacchus Marsh, one of our great flying schools. That's right, mate. Uh, in fact, TVSA under the previous owners, uh, we, we had uh, Peter Dow on, ooh, I think it was back in 2009, maybe 2011, when he was at Avalon and talking to us about having just set up uh, provision for vet fee help. Well, um, our, our friend uh, Dan Pearson and his wife Mel 
and uh, their business partner Andrew. They've they've bought TVSA a while ago, and they're really turning around. And uh, because the Dow's were getting, you know, they'd done a lot, and they, they they were getting a little bit tired, you might say. I think it was uh, they were ready to um, to move on, and so Dan and, and the team came in and picked it up, and they're really going leaps and bounds. Mel's put a lot of effort in to get them the. Uh, full accreditation. They're pretty much held to the same standard as a university to uh, get government subsidies towards training pilots. So um, it's like the old fee help system, but different as you're going to hear in the interview with Dan. And uh, we've tried not to repeat everything that was, because Dan was recently on um, Adam Knight's Go Flying Australia podcast, another excellent podcast that uh, people should be listening to. And uh, so we didn't want to repeat all that, but we did do a brief recap and then touch on a few other things. But the other key bit was that Dan and I had just been for a flight in a Bristol uh, two-seat uh, RA Oz aircraft, which is the Australian version of like light sport. And uh, yeah, beautiful aircraft, tail dragger, uh, Ferrari red, and it went. It was awesome. So let me just get it straight. You've had two media rides and a free lunch this week. Yeah, pretty much. Unbelievable. Let's go to Bacchus Marsh and have a listen to what you had to say to our good friend, <laughs> Daniel Pearson. <laughs> Dan Pearson of uh, TVSA Flying School fame. Welcome to Playing Crazy Down Under. Thanks, Grant. Uh, thanks for coming out for our open day today. Hey, no worries, man. You know, I think we've flown together a number of times, so this is the first time I've put you on the microphone, isn't it? Yeah, I've managed to evade the, the <laughs> microphone till now. Yeah, well, Adam over at Go Flying Australia managed to, uh, hmm, shall we say, bust that cherry. Yes. And if, folks, if you haven't listened to that episode, Adam Knight does... Uh, Go Flying Australia. It's a really good podcast. If you're not listening to that, you should be. And uh, Dan, you guys spoke for like over an hour. We did. It went very quick, actually. I was a bit nervous at front, and then he said, oh, that's an hour and a half, but that'll do. And uh, (laughs) I said, oh, okay, great, awesome. So for those of you who haven't listened to that episode yet, uh, I'd say we'll pause here and let you go and and listen to it and then come back. But we'll just do a very quick recap. But Dan, you're one of the trio who um, looks after TVSA Flying School and uh, it's yourself, your wife and your business partner, isn't it? It is indeed, yeah. I've got uh, my wife Mel who looks after all of our head of training. She's uh, responsible to to the education department for all of our uh, our RTO uh, obligations there and uh, and Annie McIntosh is a uh, next traffic air traffic controller out of the uh, the air service as well and uh, commercial pilot instructor extraordinaire he uh, he looks after all of our operational scheduling and uh, and dispatch and, and coordination of, of aircraft which leaves you what do you do oh, I just uh, roam around the place looking to, to help out and give advice where I can <laughs> <laughs> otherwise have a good excuse to go flying yeah yeah that's exactly it because yep. you don't hold your instructor yet do you no I'm actually part way through doing it I've cool. got uh, I've started my private instructor rating under the uh, the GA front yeah. um, nearly finished that and uh, also just about to finish the uh, the RAOs instructor rating as well now so wow. that'll give me the dual qual yeah nice nice because uh, yeah and by the way RTO for those of you not in Australia um, it doesn't mean rejected takeoff that means a registered training organization and that's quite a feat in itself now a very long time ago uh, at one of the Avalons I believe it was we had the previous owners of this uh, entity that was Peter and Wendy Dow um, I knew them because I used to fly with TVSA way back in the old days. And um, Pete had gone through and started getting the vet fee, uh, vet fee help and all that thing set up a long time back. 
but I understand that there was still lots more to go to get the RTO status. Yeah, look, the, uh, the RTO is a very important part of it. And, and what's really changed for the organisation in the last year is the, the government's changed the, the rules around vet fee help. Vet fee help doesn't exist anymore. And, uh, and all the providers have been, uh, been made to, uh, to apply from scratch again for uh, what they call now vet student loans, which is a, uh, a really, it's a great new scheme. It's uh, fully revamped and, uh, and actually gives us quite a lot of opportunity to, uh, to deliver some great training and, and we're, we're lucky enough to be appointed as a, a vet student loans approved provider, um, allowing us to deliver three main courses, the, the first being the commercial pilot's licence, uh, instrument rating and uh, an instructor rating. So um, a student can, can go through, do their course and, uh, and have a deferred payment scheme, similar to HEX. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, you're not paying anything back till you get about $55,000 worth of income per month. Yeah, uh, that's, that's right. Yep. That's your pre-tax income declared. Uh, once you clear that, you start paying it off. But it's only it's not like you owe the whole lot in one hit. It's only about 4 to 8% at most that comes out of your, your tax return. So, yeah, you're not going to see a tax return for a while, but it, it, it's way better than getting a loan to do it, isn't it? That's it, yeah. Look, a lot of people will uh, you know do the old stacking shelves jobs and, and odd jobs like I did when I was doing my licence. But um, the, the problem we've got in the industry at the moment is there's, there's 20,000 piles it's needed over the next five years in, in the Australian market alone and and that number isn't going to be met by our current sort of qualified pilots so um, the only real way for people to, to be enticed to, to do this level of training is to be able to have something like the uh, the student loan program yep and um, you know they're going to pay that back over time but um, it gives them another really great avenue to, to get in and yeah. we've had a lot of really interested and excited people today about about that prospect because uh, we all thought it might disappear, but uh, we're lucky enough to be uh, one of the few that are, are still got it. Well, it's because you've done all the work to actually get, you're, you're almost like being accredited like a university. Yeah, they hold us very much to the same levels yeah. and standards as a, as a university. We uh, we even call our, our uh, flight school a campus now. So <laughs> it's um, yeah very much a, a, great, uh, a great way of doing it. Yeah. I see that it keeps Mel pretty busy between Zoe and uh, and the business. It's yeah, it sure does. We're actually nearly uh, nearly ready for another another hire in that uh, that department to sort yeah. of to help her out. But um, no, it definitely does keep it busy. And you know, you got to do it. You've got to you got to prove that you are a quality training provider. And it's it really can't just be about uh, about taking money from the government and uh, and and you know promising you're going to deliver something. Um, you know, it's Australian tax dollar at work, so we've got to make sure we're doing it properly and, yep. and have all of our compliance in order. And be held to that high standard, which is That's great. Yep. Yep. So um, speaking of high standards, and as you alluded to earlier about people being here today and the open day, and I've schlepped out from Melbourne for it. And I mean, not that it was a long drive. I came from the uh, Middle Eastern suburbs, I refer to it. We're not the inner east, we're not the outer east. Blackburn's the Middle East. but That used to be country Victoria, didn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is country Victoria. <laughs> this used to be, but no, it's... Uh, it was just over an hour, just over an hour to get here. Oh, wow, uh, good. Yeah, about an hour and 10 minutes, So, uh, which isn't bad from you know a, a reasonably out of... Eastern side, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so, of course, there wasn't a heck of a lot of traffic. It would be even better if there was no traffic. But, uh, yep. you know, so it's not hard to get out here to back us. I quite often come out here and fly the uh, hot air balloons out here, and unfortunately it was... Uh, the winds were just a bit too high and there was a bit of crap, so we didn't get a chance to fly this morning, unfortunately. But, um, mate, open day. We'll get to what we did fly later, but... Uh, You've just had the uh, open day here. Can you uh, run us through what the, the goal of this open day was? Yeah, look, it's uh, we've been building up to this. It's uh, for the last two years since we uh, we, we 
we started the full sort of renovations and, uh, and upgrades of the business, we've been working towards a, an open day and it was a really good success. We've, um, we've been able to showcase all the work that we've done, all the, uh, the, the, the structure and, um, and new things that we've introduced to the school. We've got a whole new fleet of aircraft. We've got uh, an RAOS flight school. We've got um, the, the nationally recognised diploma courses um, and obviously the VET student loan approval. So it's really good to be able to sort of bring all that together. Um, along with our, uh, our on-site student accommodation and, um, and ground theory courses, it's, it's really good to be able to sort of showcase what we can do out here. Mm. I think it was a really good success. I think the, um, you know, the, the key is to, to probably do something like this once every, every, every quarter, mm. giving people the opportunity to sort of explore. And you know, we've had people here today from, from all over Victoria, um, even some guys from interstate who are looking at uh, doing some study with us and um, yeah it's a really really good experience to to be able to showcase what we've what we've done yeah no, it has been great uh, the, it was actually drizzling on the car as I drove out and got here and it was overcast but that was cool I'll let everyone have a uh, not too hot experience walking around the aircraft because there was no drizzle once I got here and and then after the lecture everything had started well, you know your presentation and all that everything had started clearing up but I think it's great that you've got not just the full GA VH registered aircraft but you've also got like for the US it's the equivalent of sport pilot that's our Recreational Aviation Australia, RAOS, and uh, you've got two very sexy aircraft. One's a tricycle, one's a tail dragger. They're the Bristels. Mate, that Bristel, uh, it wasn't just the Ferrari red colour of it, but it, it, it's a sexy tail dragger, and it felt like it went faster when we went for a fly. Uh, can you tell me about the Bristels? Yeah, uh, look, we were looking around for quite some time at what we're going to use as our, our flight school training aircraft, and all the uh, all the usuals were considered, but um, it was uh, actually, we were lucky enough at being to being over at Oshkosh and uh, and saw them on display over there and and had seen a little bit of them back here in Australia but um, it wasn't until we were sort of there and, and saw exactly sort of where they they sit in the use in a in a flight school environment and uh, came back spoke to the local dealer here Brett uh, from Anderson Aviation and um, and said right how do we how do we get on board so we're um, sort of referring a lot of a uh, lot of business his way at the moment he's uh, we've got our, our first arrival of our own aircraft uh, on a container ship and uh, we've got his two demo models out here at the moment to sort of showcase and, and show what's there but it's definitely a, a very capable aircraft a great training platform um, cost for great value for money it, the cost on maintenance is, is so low fuel burns so low mm. it, it makes aviation affordable again oh yeah and I mean you know the, you've got the choice of a nose wheel or a tail wheel model and uh, I, I love the fact that in the tail wheel you because every hour you do in RAOs counts towards your GA once you go to transition. So you can be doing all your RAOs hours and then transition to a restricted private pilot license, the RPL, yep. and then transition on to the full VH license. So you can, you're not wasting your time flying these aircraft. There, it, no. you know, it's not just that the concepts are there. You can actually c carry your hours over of training and and so on. So I, I think I think that's a wonderful thing. And I mean that that red Bristol we flew the tail dragger. You can get your tail dragger in it, but it's also got a um, you know, constant speed prop unit. It does. And yep. all sorts of... I mean, Autopilot. Gar Garmin interior. I mean, oh, my God. Yeah, now, look, it's it's very luxurious. It's uh, it's actually... Um, when we when we jump out of our, our 152s, which are analogue, into the uh, into the Bristol, <laughs> you sort of... Technological upgrade, you're going forward a few years in, uh, in yeah. advancement. But, look, it all, it all comes together really well. It gives our students a chance of uh, exposure and, and to the, the different types of, of flight avionics. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's also a very capable machine. We're cruising at 115 knots, um, and we're burning 16 liters of fuel an hour. So it's uh, yeah. it's it's very economical, very capable. 
as you saw, forward visibility is is, is fantastic. Even in on the, its uh, tail, bubble cockpit. Yeah, 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 and and it's not it's not a total bubble because you've got that piece of um, of covered in over the top of you. Yeah, so you, that's you, the Australian edition. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's that's very important for the Australian market, so you don't cook. But you know, so you've got great visibility. Um, it's roomy. Yep. You know, I, I'm not a small guy. Um, Neither am I. Yeah, but you've lost a lot of weight, mate, and you're um, you're doing great. Yeah, between, but between the two of us, I mean, I, I reckon even Steve and I could jump in that thing, and we'd be barely touching shoulders. And yep. it's compared to a 152, or 150, where you know, pilot and command would put their shoulder in front of the other pilots. <laughs> you know, just to be, yep. uh, it was nuts, but. No, so, very comfortable. And look, you're yeah. laying back a little bit too, which is great for your yes. longer sort of haul flights. And you can yeah. quite easily get out of, you know, doing four or five hours on a Bristol on, a, on an AV somewhere and um, and not feel like you've yeah. really, really left. No, that's cool. Well, mate, I think we've had a really good day. You, you seem to have got a number of people who are very interested. I think, did a couple even sign up? Well, they've certainly taken paperwork away. Yeah, definitely had a few sign up. We we sort of, the reason for the, the open day, we had a lot of prospects interested. We said, come along the open day, make sure it's something you definitely want to do. Mm. And, um, and sign up on the day if, you, if you'd like. And we, we do limit the number of spaces we've got because it is such a, a popular course and, you know, there's uh, not too many uh, careers that you can you can sort of defer payment like, like you yeah. can with this. So we limit numbers a little bit, but um, it, it allows people to be able to come out and experience aviation. And for me, it's just about putting people in the air. If you more people flying, the better. Sounds good. Anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up and let you get back to it? No, look, if you're interested in uh, coming out, check us out. Short drive out from Melbourne, as you said, and... Uh, like us on Facebook, check us out on tvsa.com.au. Yep, and you can find links to them on our homepage. So uh, thanks, mate. Appreciate right. your time. Thanks, Grant. Cheers. Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. The Voices in Your Head.com. I'm here at Brentwood Secondary College in Melbourne. It always feels a bit nostalgic coming. It feels like I've been here before, Chris Barry. How are you? I'm very, very good, and it probably feels that way because you were a student here once. Yes, I probably graduated before you were born, in fact. (laughs) You did, you did. (laughs) That makes me feel really up. Yeah. No, it's great to have you back here. Well, thanks for the invite, and uh, we're here with the Air Force today. They've got their uh, their Hornet simulator set up and all that sort of stuff. Can you tell, you've been on the show before, but can you just give a bit of a recap of how that all came about? What do you do here at Brentwood? I teach um, aviation sciences and um, not just aviation sciences as far as just a subject is concerned and the theories of it I actually teach to a proper um, certified CASA syllabus and so uh, one day a week students that I teach actually go out and do fly real aeroplanes we've teamed up with the um, airport there at Tyab and we take the students out and I put them through a pilot training program where at the end of the day they actually end up with real pilots licenses and hopefully set themselves up in a, a career. It's just the best thing I know we talked about this a couple of years ago when it was sort of more on its formative stages but uh, getting out there to uh, Tyab obviously a great facility down there. It's really good in the sense that the environment is perfectly suited to, for a school environment uh, it doesn't have the, the hustle and bustle of a very busy airport which is important um, to me it means that we don't have to concentrate so much on air traffic control and, and uh, other aeroplanes being around and we the taxi time is also a lot less too so legally you're only allowed to log time in the air however if you're spending 25 minutes taxiing around a busy airport that's just time in the air that you're not there so Tyab's perfect for that um, we're able to get uh, the aeroplane up and off the ground within you know five to 
10 minutes or so, which is great. Yeah, it's always handy. And can you give us some idea of how many people have uh, come through the program and gone on into uh, you know aviation in any form as a career? Uh, well, I, at, at the moment, I know I've got 11 people that are doing this professionally, which is a really great. Remembering that you know when you fly aeroplanes, you don't learn everything within six months. There's the theory, there's the books, there's the going out and the... Um, uh, to getting all the hours up and the experience that you need. So I think that um, 11 out of this is, is, is a great number and um, I still keep in contact them, with them, which is great, and uh, mentor them along the way and I'm just so pleased that I've been able to provide an opportunity like this. Oh, it's fantastic and quite rightly you've received quite some recognition through the, uh, the education sector for this, haven't you? I have, I have. I've, I've put a lot of time and effort into both improving my skills and keeping my ratings up to date so any of the knowledge that I get, uh, especially out in the commercial world I can then go passing on to the students as well which I think is very important I know that um, rather than just work out of YouTube or using textbooks things like that um, this is really learning by doing it's a hands-on course and um, I don't think there's any real better way to learn than that it's really just such a positive thing and, and it's what we really need in aviation we talk about this a lot on our show is, is really encouraging young people to become involved in aviation it's the, really the best way of doing it where were you back in 1986 when I started here that's what I want to know <laughs> 1986 gee I was still in uh, mid-high school well, let's not talk about that shall we let's not <laughs> <laughs> Chris the, uh, the Royal Australian Air Force are here today they've got their Hornet Sims uh, set up can you tell us a bit about that well it, it's, it came. It arrived on a very big truck um, that's about 36 feet long by about 12 feet high, roughly. And um, I'd never seen it before until today. And um, I went in and opened up the door, and I was just absolutely astounded as to how real the cockpit actually is. Every button is in the right place. All of the all the dials work. Um, it, it's just literally like being in the real thing. And and the, the graphics are just unbelievable as well. And I just think what a fantastic opportunity this is. Certainly unexpected. And it's not just a sim either. The room we're sitting in here has got some, uh, some VR sort of equipment here on, on laptops. Yeah, I'm not really sure what all this... Um, th- I know there's a lot of virtual reality here and there's F-18 cockpit on here, so I'm thinking that it's got something to do with being able to look around and, and virtual reality of an F-18 cockpit. And, to, and again, it's got some really good graphics as well, but it's just another way that we can open this up to more students. And having said that, you know, it would be really, really great too if other schools could do something like this because all the curriculum has been written and it's all been approved. It's, it's basically laid out on the table for teachers. And I would just really love to be able to work with different schools and those teachers as well as a support mechanism to open up something like this for more students and give more people um, the opportunity, not just here at Brentwood. And speaking of that, has there been interest? Have other schools, have they shown interest much? I know that some schools uh, do teach aviation studies. But it's more so just the theory, and it's, it's done a lot from books, whereas um, we're a very much hands-on course where we have to abide by a strict CASA scheduling, and uh, we actually fly real aeroplanes, not, not build models or anything like that. We're, we're really hands-on, and um, we've got two simulators here at the school that we use that are permanently here at the school. What I do is train the students up on those simulators. I get them to go through all of the flying manoeuvres and sequences. These simulators that we do have here are calibrated exactly like the real aeroplane. So once they master that in the simulator, we then go on to the real aeroplane. And I think that that's part of the success of this course because they're able to practice rather than just be, have it explained to them, um, getting these manoeuvres all perfectly right on the simulator before just jumping into the real aeroplane where they find the transition is just about the same, very easy for them to pick up. 
Now, speaking of uh, transitioning into things, you were telling me earlier that uh, you've picked up a, a rating that you perhaps didn't have the last time we spoke. No, ever since then I've done a uh, command rating on the Boeing 737, so I regularly uh, keep up to date with that aircraft on a weekly basis because there's just so much to, ne- uh, to learn and um, there's also, unfortunately, so much that you can forget. So I'm constantly revising my skills and, and going through the pressurisation systems, the air nav systems and the complexities of um, such a big aircraft. Well, I should put the call out there to, uh, there's so many listeners to our show that uh, fly commercially in the 737, so uh, certainly feel free to send any information Chris's way. I think that would be a great thing. I would absolutely love that, and uh, yes, any opportunity that any, anyone that can provide that can make this program bigger and better, then I would certainly welcome that. Chris, it's just such a credit to you, mate. It's great to see uh, this program going on, and uh, really fantastic. I hope it continues for many years to come, and thanks for the invite. No, thank you very much for coming out. You know, I think it's great having you here. It's always good to see you. Thanks. Well, there you go, mate. And I'll tell you what, uh, as I said there in that interview, Chris Berry, really well deserved for all the recognition he's got for that program. And, you know, it mightn't sound like a big number having 11 people go on there into uh, getting a flying career. But when you think about it, when you consider the cost of flying and, and all of the you know, the hurdles you've got to go through these days to get into a professional flying career, in the, at least in this part of the world, well, that actually is a fantastic achievement. I agree, mate. It's... Uh yeah, just amazing what's going on with uh, with both people we've spoken to about trying to make it a bit easier and, and, and get people in and, and learning to fly and going down the right path. Uh, I mean, my hat's off to both folks that we've just interviewed and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it all goes because, you know, we've, we've had Chris on before in the past and and he just keeps on hitting bigger and bigger goals. It's fantastic. Actually, you know, you know what we should do? We should introduce both of those guys, Dan Pearson and Chris Barry. I mean, uh, there's two people. Yeah. They could get together and do some really, really good things. Maybe I'm we might sure. do that, actually. Sounds pretty good, man. I'm, I'm pretty sure they could, too. Yeah. And if they make a lot of money, we should take a big cut of that. Oh, you know, 25%, that's pretty good, don't yeah, you? Yeah, that could fund a few flying lessons, mate. Yeah. Yeah, like all of them. Yeah. We don't ask Yeah, much. I, I've been wanting to finish my fixed wing. Yeah. <laughs> the plane crazy down under flying school. Oh, there you go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, maybe not. Yeah, a short career, boy, would it be fun. Anyway, let's talk about the Australian <laughs> International Air Show coming up in just a couple of days, Grant, as we record this. And uh, you know what? I reckon uh, that this is actually going to be one of the better ones we've had in recent times. I'm really looking forward to this. A lot of new platforms, a lot of new military platforms that we've been looking at. Uh, as we mentioned earlier in the show, where uh, in previous years where they've been trying to sell them to the government. Well, now the government's uh, had the checkbook out and bought a lot of them. And, uh, oh, yeah. You know, we're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of aircraft coming on, not just the C-27J, but the P-8, the F-35, to name a couple. I mean, uh, it's it's going to be great. Oh, mate, no argument. Uh, I'm really – I mean, of course, the usual caveat applies. It hasn't really arrived till it's flown in, landed, taxied in, and gone unserviceable. But, you know, we're, we've got our fingers crossed for, uh, like you said, F-35A. Both RAAF ones are supposed to show up. I don't know that they're going to be flying, but uh, – They'll be um, arriving on the Friday, and I suspect they'll be static, kind of like the F-22 was the first time it showed up. Oh, by the way, the F-22 is going to be there doing its displays, apparently. Uh, we've already got a um, an Apache's being delivered inside an AN-124, which I'm hearing is going to stick around for the duration of the show. We'll see. Uh, 
Then there's the uh, Growler, the EA-18G Growler, which is, of course, a Super Hornet with a whole lot of uh, electronic warfare equipment on it. Mm. Um, Only recently arrived in Australia too, the first uh, of type. Yep, that's correct. Uh, Then we've got the P8, as you mentioned, the C27J, woohoo. The Pilatus are going to have a couple of PC21s there. Um, Again, some of the first ones to arrive in Australia for the the new Air 5428 uh, training scheme which is uh, kicking off at his sale. And following, I think, about 2018, it starts ramping up. And from 2020, there'll be no more uh, RAAF students uh, with BAE at Tamworth. They'll all just go straight onto the PC-21. So no more CT-4 flying for RAFIs. They'll go straight to the PC-21 and start flying down at his sale. Um, my understanding is that BAE will stick around in Tamworth because they've got other other clients that they're, they're training pilots for. But... Uh, Lots going on, uh, lots of cool aircraft there. Um, I'm actually going to be attending partially PCDU, but also partially day job because I've got a number of meetings and things like that with clients, prospects, companies we might work with, all that kind of thing are being teed up. For, so, and uh, in fact, on the Thursday, I'll be in an all day work group as part of Plan Jericho. Uh, it's the um, aeronautical environment working group and uh, I've actually got to do a five minute presentation uh, based on the article that I just had published in Australian Defence Magazine so that's going to be a bit of a change for me I'm actually going to be somebody there doing stuff rather than uh, running around capturing just entirely capturing content you my <laughs> friend are going to be a celebrity oh, uh, even no, more of no, a celebrity no. what am I saying notoriety oh, mate notoriety <laughs> notoriety and uh, I'll tell you what Grant while you're doing all that sort of cool stuff um, I'm actually going to be doing a lot of work with the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association this time around and uh, I've got to tell you those guys um, particularly led by the new CEO Ben Morgan who uh, used to run or in fact still does run Aviation Advertiser but uh, uh, he's re- been really getting out there and, and really rattling a lot of cages and he, to his credit he is uh, really he's getting a lot more members signed up and re-signed uh, including myself and uh, I'm really <laughs> lucky that I've been talking to them for a while about, uh, you know, how we might uh, make some of this new media stuff work with that. And uh, we're going to go out and do a big push with that. So uh, I'm going to be out there working uh, primarily with those guys. We will still be getting content for our show, but uh, that's that's what I'll be doing. So good to see that Avalon uh, is actually, um, you know, really supporting uh, along with AOPA, uh, General Aviation. There's a really big push for that this time. So I uh, really encourage people. Well, it's always cool to see all the fast jets and all the rest of it. Just remember, uh, you know, they're... You know, GA is is extremely important. It's where we all start, and uh, you know it's it's really something that we need to get out there and make sure it really survives. And I'm really impressed by some of the things I hope is doing these days to to really do what they always should have been doing, which is uh, you know uh, in the past, which is advocating politically uh, and getting out there and just raising awareness in a positive way about general aviation. So I'm looking forward to being part of that. Yeah, it sounds like you're going to have a pretty busy time there as well. Uh with all that you're doing and and yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to uh seeing what comes out of there and i think you're right uh aopa needs a bit more of a sales push in a way and and people are out there proactively on the positive side up uh spinning up and confronting what's going on with uh, things like the the class two medical reform and so on we've got we've got to get that sorted out and uh there's Hopefully this will be it. This will be the time that it actually turns around. Uh, unfortunately, the government's decided, oh, we're going to do another, uh, you know, we're going to do another survey and assessment and um, determine what's going. It's like, guys, it's already there. It's already really clear. You don't have to do another delay tactic, which is what many of us are seeing. But you know, we do what we can, and uh, I think what AOPA is doing is absolutely brilliant. And hats off to Ben for uh, getting so many new uh, people coming back into the uh, into the fold of AOPA. 
Uh, as a balloon pilot, I am a member of AOPA, uh, even though I don't fly fixed wing. Um, there's a number of us, uh, not a whole lot, but um, I'm trying to get some more balloon pilots joining AOPA. And uh, yeah, you don't you can join your your sport aviation or your uh, builders group or things like that. But it's important to be a member of AOPA as well if you have any love of flying. Yeah, absolutely. So I really hope to see you down there. We're going to have a, a really a big setup down there, quite a, a sizable marquee. So we really hope that we uh, you know come down and say hello. And uh, who knows, we might even stick you on camera. We're going to be doing a lot of video work down there. So uh, mm. we'll hope to see you there. So uh, Grant, uh, now we should talk about what coverage we're going to be doing for PCDU. Uh, unfortunately, it's not going to be the daily coverage like we've done in recent years. Our resources are a little bit stretched, unfortunately. Uh, a lot of our people can't make it down this time around. And uh, to be honest, you know, the things have been pretty slow here at uh, Planet PCDU for a while. Let's be honest. So uh, you know, obviously, we can't uh, attract as much sponsorship, and that's that's all that's all fine. But uh, what we will do is collect as much content as we can, and uh, we'll we'll bang out a couple of shows post Avalon uh, and get those out for you. Yeah, that's right, mate. We're we're going to have Micah with us. He's going to be going uh, Tuesday through Sunday. Um, I'm I'm going to be there Tuesday to Friday. I'll keep Saturday in reserve, but I can't do Sunday. Um, Steve, are you going to be there beyond Friday? Yes, I'll be there. Um, I'll be there for the whole time so all the trade Ooh. days and all the public days it's going to be a busy week wow that's pretty full on man I if i told my employer i was going to be away oh well I have <laughs> but yeah no we'll, we'll we'll be getting content out but i think it's going to be like last time it'll be after the fact um if we can get some videos out mike is going to have the video camera i've borrowed off Stephen pam and He's going to be running around doing audio and video, and um, and I'm sh- I'm sure he's going to have his stealthy stick there, so don't stress. Oh uh, yes, in fact, uh, in fact, uh, well, you know he will, because we've just been chatting to him online before we started recording, and he's already got it primed, oiled up, and ready. <laughs> yeah, there is always that. Stephen yeah, Pam, uh, Stephen Pam, our director of uh, photography, all things photographic. He will be there for one or two of the days, I think. So there'll be some great imaging imagery coming out. So make sure you follow all our social media channels. We'll have a, you know as much stuff out there as we can. And uh, with all these new platforms coming online, and with all the other work that we're going to be doing, uh, there's going to be uh, a target-rich environment, as the saying goes, Grant, for collecting uh, audio <laughs> content. I'm looking forward to it. Oh uh, yeah, same. Uh, it was just fantastic being on Avalon on Friday for the media event. Uh, I, I've started to feel alive again being on there and, you know, surrounded by the aircraft. And uh, they hadn't even started really filling out the place. Most of the aircraft started arriving over the weekend and on Monday. But I'm uh, no, just really, really looking forward to uh, being back on there and, and getting whatever content I can around work. Yes. Now, of course, you know, we you've got to remember, folks, for our overseas uh, audience, that we only get to do this every second year here in Australia. It's, it's not like Oshkosh, where you get to do it every five minutes. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Feels like there's a lot between Oshkosh, Sun and Fun, and a number of other events that are in the US. They get they get a little bit more fun. Absolutely. What else have we been doing, Graham? Well, I did the Hunter Valley Air Show recently, did the air show commentary for up there. You're about to head off and do the Barossa Valley Air Show, I believe. Yeah, that's going to be uh, around the 1st of April. First, second, actually, um, Sunday, the 2nd of April. So Micah and I will be doing the commentary there. Unfortunately, I couldn't get to the Hunter Valley. Uh, that was yourself and Ando covered that one. Mm. I, I just had way too much going on with the day job, and it wasn't. So it would have been very difficult to get back from the Hunter in time to do the stuff I had to do in Canberra. Mm. But, uh, yeah, so I've been going back and forth to Canberra a lot lately. Uh I am now platinum with Virgin, which is really scary. I got gold in the middle of October, and by um, end of December, I'd been told I'd retain gold for the next year. So yes. that's a lot of flying, and then click platinum. So, yeah, a lot of time in airports lately. Yeah, yeah. How awful for you, mate. 
I'm hating every minute. Yeah, of it, I know you, you are. I know you are. Now, also, Grant, we got Wings Over Illawarra coming up in April, so uh, we've got a lot yeah. on. Are yeah, we April, be doing the there as well? Over, yeah, well, we've got a DVD that we're producing. The Thai Ab Air Show 2016 DVD is out and is available from uh, Peninsula Aero Club. I'm uh, doing some work with them to see what we can do about getting it available online. Apparently, their new website can support that, so hopefully that'll happen soon for those of you who want to get copies and aren't in a position to drop by or phone call and pay that way. Um, we're also the Wings Over Illawarra DVD. Stephen Pam's working madly on that and uh, trying to round it off and finish it. So uh, he's doing all that editing work and so on. Um, so that means I've got to start working on the design of the cover and all the text and everything. But uh, so that's going on. Uh, I'm going to be in Canberra in um, a couple of weeks for a week with the Balloon Spectacular. Once again, I'm going to be the assistant flight director and trying to fly as well myself. So that's going to be a bit of fun. Um, what else? Uh, there's a couple of ballooning events over Easter and the weekend before, uh, in fact, the week before um, Anzac Day. So I'm trying to get to a couple of them. And um, yeah, mm. all all that plus getting out content and uh, surviving the day job both. And you're pretty flat out dealing with your day job, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, work, work, work. But anyway, that's 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 fine. Now, um, before we wind up, Grant, uh, we we have to mention one more thing, and that is, of course, um, well, you know, vote for us and vote often. That's right, mate. As our friends in Chicago say, vote early, vote often. We're uh, in the Castaway Podcast Awards. Uh, we've been put into the uh, the industry segment, industry overview. Uh, so there's about 12 podcasts in total, including ourselves, in that segment. But uh, so that the segments are, are managed by their panel of judges, but there is a, uh, a public you know, voice, of the public kind of vote for your favorite podcast or podcasts. And you don't have to be Australian to do this. Uh, we've got until around middle of March, middle, late March when the voting cuts off. But uh, yeah, if you go to our homepage, there's a post there about it and uh, you can click on there. It's also we've also got links on the on uh, Facebook and some of our entries there. But it takes you to the Castaway Podcast Awards. Then you go to the, uh, the, the link on our homepage will take you straight to it. Uh, scroll down, just keep scrolling. It keeps populating. It doesn't load all the uh, podcast uh, logos straight away. Keep scrolling down a fair way. There's quite a few Australian podcasts. Who knew? Um, <laughs> and eventually you find our logo and you click on that and it makes you create an account. So just go through and create the account. It's not too hard, not too onerous. And, um, yeah, you don't even have to be in Australia. You can be from anywhere in the world. And if you want to support us, please vote for us because I reckon if we get over 100 votes, I think we're going to start producing more content, aren't we, mate? Oh, we are. And, in fact, you know what? If, if we win that award grant, I'm going to go off to acting school and I'm going to learn how to do one of those big schmaltzy uh, Academy Award-style speeches with tears and everything. Oh, that's going to be pretty spectacular. Yeah, because while I'm off in the Barossa doing the air show there, I believe you're going up to uh, actually attend the uh, awards ceremony. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's nice to be nominated even if we don't win it. So, yeah, I'm going to go up there. Why not? Yeah, it's schmooze a, it's with a, a few of the other podcasters. That's right. And what, what the heck there's another flight in it so it must be a good thing yeah well i mean i'm flying to the barossa you can fly to sydney and uh we'll both be out of victoria which will make melbourne a very happy place <laughs> there you go all right i think that just about wraps it up for this episode oh no no no, no, I've no. Got one more thing, oh, one, more thing. Got... one more thing 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 yes for us and give us money <laughs> yes because the other thing that will incentivize us to make more content and get it out there is of course we've done like every other content creator out there in the universe we've joined patreon so if you go to uh, patreon.com slash PCDU, uh, you're able to find us there and uh, vote, like not vote, but become a patron of our show. 
And uh, we've got a minimum one of one dollar or more per creation. So for each episode we create, you can uh, say give us a dollar, uh, and you can set a cap. So if by some mysterious fluke we actually manage to make more than one or two a month, you can just cap it. Uh, we do have one patron, and I'm not sure if I'm allowed to mention his name, but we really, really appreciate having him on board. And he's actually gone for the five dollar or more level. So I need to follow up with him and find out what name he wants displayed when we set up our supporters page. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's also a $10 thing where, you know, we think really wonderful things about you. And you can even go $50 per episode if you're totally insane. You can go and uh, we'll actually call out your name as one of our very special supporters at the start of each episode. So tell me, you're Grant, effectively so, becoming a sponsor. So tell me this, my friend. If, if um, somebody pledges, say, $20 an episode and I put out like uh, three one-minute episodes a week, how would that work? Um, I think they'd probably be, be out here and wanting their money back. Uh, <laughs> uh, we need to put out something reasonable, and that's where they can actually turn around and say, I'm only going to give them one, you know, $20 per one, maximum of one per month, or things like that. Uh, so you can set it up there so that if uh, a cunning person such as yourself who channels as in a Dutchman uh, doesn't wind up ripping them off. <laughs> There you go, you know that Dutch thing again. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Anyway, we appreciate the support, folks. Uh, obviously, with the release schedule that's uh, not as frequent as it used to be, um, we wouldn't feel right about uh, going out and seeking, you know, normal advertising like we uh, we were doing. But uh, you know, that's not really fair on, on advertisers uh, when we can't put out as much content as we'd like. So, but this we think is another way of doing it. So, hey, it takes a lot of work to make this uh, podcast a good one. So, uh, you know, we, we'd really appreciate any support. Okay, Grant, I hate begging for money, so let's move on to something else. Uh, that would be wrapping up the show. Yes, yeah, so before we do that, I just want to give a shout out, mate, to our, our good friend David Van Hoof over there in the United States. Uh, without any uh, any details, Dave's going through a pretty rough time at the moment. So, uh, David, brother, we're just thinking of you, mate, and uh, keep your chin up. Yep, and keep eating those Philly steaks so that I will eventually one day come over and have a real one. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, that's everything we have for you for this episode of Playing Crazy Down Under. Thanks very much. As always, we hope you enjoyed it. We'll talk to you soon on the other side of Avalon. Until then, Grant, well, how do we sign off in some witty way? Well, I used to say it's what's down under the counts, but apparently that's not really supposed to be used anymore. So uh, how about something along the lines of, I don't care how you do it, but just get out there and get some altitude. Sounds good to me. See you soon, folks. You've been listening to Plain Crazy Down Under, hosted by Steve Vischer and Grant McHeron. Full show notes for this and all our episodes are at plaincrazydownunder.com. You can find us on Twitter as PCDU and on Facebook, Google+, YouTube and Vimeo. Feedback, suggestions, advertising inquiries. Email them through to contact at plaincrazydownunder.com or mail to Post Office Box 70, Cranbourne, Victoria, 3977, Australia. Plain Crazy Down Under is a Southern Skies online media production. folks at the Department of the Bleeding Obvious have asked us to make this statement. The views and opinions we present in this podcast are ours and do not necessarily represent those of groups we work with or are associated with, although we think they probably should. We certainly don't claim to be experts, we're just opinionated enthusiasts who are willing to comment publicly on the world around us. This show is intended as entertainment and any education that may occur is purely coincidental. As with anything in life, it is your responsibility to determine what does or does not work in your situation and to seek out suitable guidance and or instruction. This podcast is released under Creative Commons non-commercial by attribution license. For more details on this license and our contact details, please visit our website at www.playingcrazydownunder.com. 
Thanks, folks. Thanks, folks.